please give your full and undivided attention to the laser at the beginning of the stream. Please observe as the laser lowers to ignite the Olympic flame. get that at every church this morning, do you? Here we go. Uh-oh, something. Right, figure this out. Here we go. Sorry. Uh, hey, listen, uh, we are starting a new sermon series this morning. I hope you've been watching the Olympics, and uh, the Olympics have been a lot of fun. And uh, let's see here. There it is. Sorry about that. Um, the Olympics have been a lot of fun. Uh, children are dismissed uh, four years old through fourth grade if you want to head down to uh, youth church this morning. And uh, kids' church is going on down there. If you have been watching the Olympics, anybody watch any of the Olympics? Olympic watchers out there? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Some of you watching uh, the Olympics? Listen, the sermon series is simply going to be the next three weeks. I want you to watch the Olympics. It'll be kind of fun. And we're going to be talking about dun, 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 the crowd. We're going to be talking about the athlete. And we're also going to be talking about the coach. The crowd, the athlete, and the coach. And here's what I believe. If you pay attention to and are observant and learn the characteristics of the athlete and the coach and you learn from them, you kind of observe them and you bring those characteristics into your life, ultimately what you're going to be doing is you're going to be learning how to best fulfill your Christian walk as a Christ follower. What crowd? Have you seen the Olympics? No. And we want to take on the characteristics of the crowd and the athlete and the coach in order to live your most fulfilling Christian life. Are you ready? That's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks as we talk about the Olympics and how it dives right into being a Christ follower. And so, today, what I'd like to do is pray, and then we're going to start to talk about the crowd. Even though it's a bit of a mystery, we're going to talk about the crowd. Let's pray. Father God, thanks for fun and laughter. Uh, thanks for silly. Uh, Father, we ask that uh, as we uh, participate in uh, this series, that we would uh, put these things on our heart, but only the things that you want us to keep, only those things that we can apply to our lives and help other people know. We ask it in Jesus' name and amen. This morning we're talking about the crowd, the crowd, the crowd, the crowd. What does the crowd do? Why does the crowd exist? Why do they, all these people, why do they show up? Now we know, we know that there is no crowd in Tokyo. We know that uh, it has been affected by COVID. And so people don't get to go. And so what are, what are the Olympians, what are the athletes, what are the coaches, what are they all missing because there is no crowd at the Olympics this year? What are they missing? And so what does the crowd contribute to the Olympics? Does the crowd contribute anything to the Olympics? I would say yes, absolutely, they do. They go to cheer. The crowd shows up to cheer. That's why they go. 
Year after year, you've seen other Olympics, you've been to sporting events, maybe you've been out there and you've been a fan someplace, and you have went to cheer, to cheer, to cheer, to cheer. And so uh, you've seen the Olympics, and there's people from all over the world will gather together, except not this time, because there is something that is keeping them away. There is something that is pushing them away. But normally the crowd comes to cheer. And they go to cheer and cheer and cheer. They go uh, to, uh, they kind of go bananas. And sometimes you see the people that will paint their face. And, and they'll be out there and they'll be yelling and screaming. And, and maybe uh, they'll go because they want to see uh, some celebrity type uh, athlete that is there. And are you familiar with Simone Baez? Simone, I think that's how you say her name. Simone Baez, right? And uh, she is the... Um, uh, 24-year-old, which she's like way past her prime, right? She's 24, and uh, she should be retired by now. She's the 24-year-old gymnast. She's four foot eight, right? And she, do you know how many medals? She's already got five Olympic medals. She has won 19 first place world championships. She is the greatest uh, 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 gymnast that has ever lived. And she hasn't even competed in this year's Olympic Games yet. But she's, uh, she's probably going to win more gold medals. She's the great. And so do you follow those kinds of stories? And uh, do you keep up with uh, those kinds of things that are going on? And people just love that kind of stuff. She is a fantastic athlete. People go to cheer for the athletes. They go to cheer for them. Uh, They root for the best. And they want to see records broken. And they want to see higher levels performed. People go to cheer for the Olympians. This morning what we're talking about is this. If you take on the characteristics of the crowd and the athlete and the coach, you are going to have a better Christian walk and closer to Jesus Christ. Listen to this. They go to cheer. What else does the crowd show up to do? They go to identify with the team. They go to identify. Write that down in your bulletin. They go to identify with the team. There's, their country is there. Their team is there. They want their team to win. They want their team to be victorious. They're wearing the jerseys. They walk in. Did you watch the uh, opening of the Olympics? They go in and they're carrying the flag. And usually they're, all of a sudden you hear, it's kind of funny. In the old days, you used to be able to hear all of a sudden, one little tiny section of the bleachers in this big 100,000-seat arenium would start to cheer because their little flag starts to, and their tiny little country begins to make its way in. And they got all three of their athletes that are making their way. They go to cheer. They want to identify with the team. They vicariously, they're like, hey, if they win, I win. And they identify with the team and they show up. What else does the crowd do? They go to share in the victory. They go to share in the victory. They don't go there to see anybody lose. Nobody goes to see a loser, right? Uh, They don't go uh, to see the average. Uh, They don't want to see little league. They don't want to see some kind of semi-pro ball. Uh, They go to see the team win. They, and when, the, when their athlete wins, the cheers go up for the athlete. And they go to identify with the team. And they want to share in the victory of the team. Were you watching the Olympics last night? Uh, did you see a guy named, uh, his name is Ahmad? Hmm. Hafnau? Hafnawi? Ahmad Hafnawi? Ahmad Hafnawi? Did you watch it last night? He swam, he won the 400-meter sprint in swimming. Okay, he won last night. Now watch this. Uh, He is from uh, uh, Tanzania, not Tanzania. He's from Tanzania, and Tanzania is on the Mediterranean Sea, and it's a very small country. 
Um, and since 1960, Tanzania has only won 15 medals, period. Okay? Michael Phelps has won 28 medals. But the entire country of Tanzania... And so last night, watch this. Um, Ahmad... Uh, Huff, I, gotta, I have to look at the phonetic spelling of it. It's half now... We, Hafnawi, Hafnawi, Hafnawi. Everybody's from Tanzania. I don't speak Tanzanian, if there is a Tanzanian. But uh, Mohammed Hafnawi, uh, he qualified to be in the Olympics. He got eighth in the qualifying. So they didn't even expect him to place anywhere near. They expected him to be eighth. That's where he qualified. And if you were watching the race last night, and the, and the commentators were there, and there was the American guy and the Australian guy, and they were the leaders. They, they were going to be, they were the winners. And so uh, the poor guy from Tanznawi, uh, you know, Mr. Hafmathni, uh, he didn't even get mentioned until the final lap. And so they got to go eight times back and forth in this thing. Were you watching it? Anybody watching this thing? It's, it's the Olympics. It's the Olympics. And so, um, the, so the commentators are there and they're going, hey, the American guy and the Australian guy and the American guy and the Australian guy. And, and then all of a sudden they're making their last leg back. And this uh, Ahmad is only 18 years old. And he, he is eighth place in the thing. And he's way back. And all of a sudden they're like, that, uh, Ahmad, he's moving up. He's moving. They're, they're, they're struggling to keep up with him. They're struggling. All of a sudden he touches the wall and boom, he's going crazy. And so guess what's going on in Tanzania right now? dancing in the streets, people are celebrating. Guess who could run for mayor right now and win, right? This guy. Why? Because people go. They want to identify. Isn't that what happens? They go to cheer. They go to identify with the team. They go to share in the victory. They go to share. That's why they go to the Olympics. The crowd goes, it's horrible. It's horrible that there can't be there people there. It's horrible that there can't be people there to cheer at the Olympics. There's something keeping the people away from showing up to cheer. That's a horrible, horrible thing. Listen to this. They also are there. And what do they do when they get there? They are supportive of the entire endeavor. They're in support. They're supportive with their time with their time. Usually, there's a lot of people that go to the Olympics and they fill up the stadiums and uh, they got to take a couple weeks off work and maybe you watch those people that trade the little pins, you know, the Olympic pins and you've seen stories on that before and they go there and they want to be there the week before so that they can welcome the athletes and they're there the entire time and so they're very supportive of the whole Olympic endeavor with their time. The crowd goes and they invest their time, but they don't just spend time. They, they don't just spend time, but they also spend their money. They go there normally it, it, in order, uh, like a um, uh, an Olympic event, like the the finals of the uh, the Olympic gymnastics, uh, an event like that might might otherwise cost thousands to get a ticket to get into that particular uh, event. Uh, you know, there's other events that, that, you know, we could probably make a whole list of events that are in the Olympics that you've never even heard of, right? They, they do that there. Did you know that this is the first year there's going to be professional skate, or Olympic uh, skateboarding is going to be a part? And so who wouldn't want to be at that, right? And so there's people, you know, Tony Hawk's probably going to be there. And you all know who Tony is, right? Yes, you should, because he is the most famous skate dollars as a skateboarder. He's probably going to be there. Attitude with their attitude, a spirit of inevitability. It's going to be victory. There's going to be victory. And so they bring their attitude into the place, and they're like, we want to be a part of this. They go to root for the one to win. Boy. 
Isn't that, why you should, isn't that exactly why we should come to church? Really. And it all just kind of there. Isn't that why we should come to church? We should come to church for those same reasons that people go to the Olympics. But there's something keeping them away. Now for the Olympics, it's COVID. For our church, what keeps them away? For some, for some, it's still COVID. For others, maybe they've never been invited. Maybe they don't know the cost of the ticket. What is the cost of the ticket? Maybe they don't know that that cost has been paid so that they can come. Hmm. Why should we come to church? Why should we come to church? We should come to cheer. We should come to church to cheer. Church, we should come to cheer. The word praise appears in the Bible 339 times. Just in the book of Psalms, it appears 209 times. You want to know how to praise God? You jump into the book of Psalms and you learn how to cheer for what God has done for us. We are to praise God. Psalm chapter 7, verse 17 says, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness and will sing praise, sing praise to God. We're to come here and cheer, to be excited. We know the winner. We know the victor. We are part of the team. We wear the jersey. He's winning. We come to cheer. The book of Psalm, chapter 16, verse 7 says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Does he? If we spend time in prayer and thanksgiving and we listen, and we ask God for help, he counsels. We cheer for him, he counsels us. Psalm chapter 28, verse 6 says, Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. We cheer for him. Even when we are crying for mercy, God, please help me. I am hurting, but you are God. You are the victor. You've already won. And he hears our cry to him, our praise of him. Psalm chapter 66, verse 8 says, Praise our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. Does he hear our praise? Now, wouldn't it be weird? Wouldn't it be weird? If we went to the Olympics or we went to a stadium event like that, I, I can't help but wonder, you know, these Olympic athletes that were there in the opening ceremonies and they were walking in and they were carrying their flag and they must have been dreaming about that for years and years and years since they were little. You know, a lot of these people, they start when they're six, seven years old and, and, that, and then all of a sudden they know and they realize, I am on track to go to the Olympics and they've probably watched the Olympics four or eight years ago and and they just must have had dreams about what it would have been like to walk into the stadium and hear all of the people cheer, but they are met with 
I have to admit, there are times that's how I treat God. But the church is to be like the crowd that praises, cheers, and declares God is holy. Listen to this. Dear Jesus, thanks. Many thanks. Thanks a bunch. Thank you for everything. You're too kind. You are the best. You have my gratitude. You made my day. You saved my day. You're a lifesaver. You're awesome. You're great. All I can say is thanks. All my love and thanks to you. How can I show you how grateful I am? I couldn't have done it without you. I do not know what I would do without you. I don't know what to say. It was so awesome of you. I really appreciate everything you've done. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I will never forget what you have done. Your generosity overwhelms me. What would I do without you? Words cannot describe how thankful I am. Do you feel that way? We should cheer. The crowd shows up. The roof is raised. The screams go out. The yells go out. The praise is lifted. People, we can learn from the crowd. We are to be a church that cheers for what God has done. The crowd shows up to identify with the team. The crowd shows up to identify with the team. Church family, when we come together, we are to identify with the team. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. We're all to have the same jersey on. We're supposed to look across the room and go, they're on my team and they're on my team. And we identify with each other. We're carrying the same flag. We say Jesus is our King. Jesus is our Lord. We're on the team. We identify with each other and we identify with our leader and we root for our leader. Romans chapter 12 verse 16 says, live in harmony with one another. Romans chapter 15 verse 7 says, accept one another as Christ accepted you. We are to identify that we are on the same team. We are on the same side. There's not supposed to be division amongst us. And we move forward for the cause of Christ who has given us all victory under the banner of the cross. We cheer for Jesus. We identify with the team. When we come to church, as a church, what we can learn from the Olympics, there are no, there's no one in the stands. There's nobody in the seats. That's horrible. But we are here. We can cheer. And we can identify with the team. And we can share in the victory. Psalm chapter 44, verse 6 and 7 says, I do not trust in my bow. Here's King David. King David could have been an Olympic athlete. He, he was an awesome archer. Uh, he could hit the mark. Uh, he was fantastic. It was a, he was a warrior. It was a weapon. He could hit the mark. King David could hit the mark with the bow. His arrow hit the mark. And he says this, I do not trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our enemies. 
That's the way King David thought about being and cheering and rooting for God's team. He wanted to be a part of him because he wanted to share in the victory that was given to him by God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, But thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have the victory. We are dead in our sin. We are lost in the fact that we are sinners. We are dirty in our sin. We are despicable and disgusting to God's purity in our sin. But at the cross, Jesus removed all of that and then we are invited into His house and we are declared His children. We are a part of His team. We are a part of His army and we already have the victory in Jesus. And so we can claim that and we can give thanks to God. First John chapter... Verse 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. You think you have problems? You think that you have things that you can't overcome in your life? Jesus has already overcome it, and we simply need to get on his team, and then maybe there's going to be some other people that come into our life and help us along the way. But our job is to cheer and identify and take victory that has been given to us. And so listen, the crowd does this. The crowd, we're in the crowd, the crowd does this. We should be supportive with our time. The crowd is supportive with its time. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Hard to encourage somebody if they're not there, right? Right? I was encouraged this week and um, at Jeremiah Bird's back here, and he, he, was, uh, he was supportive with his time this week. I'm uh, going to call you out here, pal. He, uh, Jeremiah's a professional painter, and uh, so I don't know if you noticed, but the lobby, the whole lobby got painted this week. And, um, and uh, so I uh, said, Georgia actually said Jeremiah can paint, and then Georgia got a hold of Jeremiah. And, then, and so the whole lobby, you know, and I'm looking at this thing like, it's going to take the rest of my life to paint this lobby. Look at how gigantic. All those corners and all this kind of thing. And, and uh, Jeremiah walks in and he goes, yeah, I can do that today. And so, you know, from like 8 to 3, he's painted it. He's boom. You know, whole thing just boom. And, uh, but with his time. With his time. Thank you. With time. With time, with time. The support. The crowd supports with time. We are to support with our time. We're supposed to be supportive. And with our money. And with our money. The book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10 says, You know, some people spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get to the Olympic Games. They say it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And they'll buy the most expensive ticket and they want to be there in the front row because this is the highlight of their life. What's the highlight of your life? We should be supportive with money. Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. With your money. With your money. This church does a fantastic job raising, and our goal this year, $37,000 to support missions. 
and uh, uh, we asked people to be a part of the faith promise and you guys are faithful and you step up and we give to missions and right now you can see that right here in our own little uh, working tool our own little workshop of ministry in this area we're doing some work we kind of changed the hallway out there and we talked about last week, or we're doing some here things, uh, some other things here in the lobby, doing a little bit of painting, and going to be taking down some brick out there, and kind of putting some some doorways and things like that. Those things take money, and uh, you know, you go to the Olympic Games and you watch. There's a lot of these guys. They have tools that they use. You know, maybe they're throwing a javelin or they're throwing a hammer throw. You ever watch those hammer throw people? Those people are nuts, right? How do you get it's so dizzy spinning around there? How do you just you know? How do people not get hurt every year with that thing going around? But they have these tools, right? And so they want good tools. They want sharp tools. They want the best tools. They want premium tools. And so the church building here is a tool for ministry. And so we want to sharpen it up. And so whether it's be here in the greater Port Byron area or whether it be around the world through missions, all of these things come together when the church steps up and says, I'm going to invest in that. I'm going to invest in that. That's what a crowd does crowd says, this endeavor is worth my time, and it is worth my money, and I want to make sure that my attitude is right. It is supported with a good attitude. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 11 say, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Jesus made himself Nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what the crowd does. The crowd assembles. The crowd cheers. The crowd acknowledges that we are behind the greatest of all time, the biggest, the best, the record holder. He has defeated death. He has conquered life. He is the winner. He is victorious. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is God Almighty incarnate in the flesh. And He is here. And He is among us. And He is with us. And He is for us. And He wants us to be a part of Him. And He invites us to be in His household. And we get to cheer and root and be for Jesus. Does anybody know? There are people that don't come. And it's sad when there's nobody there to cheer. We see that firsthand in this Olympics this year. Church, it's our job to step up and make noise for Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. If you were here last week, you saw the baptisms that took place. There were people that were stepping up and saying, Jesus is my King. Jesus is my Lord. And we're all called to give our lives to Jesus. If you've never been baptized into Christ, if you want Jesus to be your King, your God, your Lord, we invite you to be baptized into Christ. If you know who Jesus is, cheer for Jesus. Wherever you go, whatever you do, cheer for Jesus. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you for the goodness of who you are and all that you have done for us. Father, help us to not take it lightly. Help us to step up. Help us to be excited. Help us to root for you. We need your help. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen.